When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about why you should go slow to go fast and why you should ask yourself, what do you lie about? I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who is one of my most reliable sources of happiness. Oh, thanks, Gretchen. Uh-huh. That is me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and Gretchen, um, I am coming to you today in sweatpants um, <laughs> that you can't see, but I'm at the office. I'm in full sweatpants and sweatshirt mode. Um, cause it's just a sweatpants day. So excellent. I will try to be professional, however, in my, <laughs> in, in my podcasting. Um, so Alyssa, before we jump into it, um, we got a lot of responses to our, uh, to the try this at home that you proposed about stop apologizing. That was in episode 61. And, uh, we got a lot of people's responses to that. Yeah, it seems this theme of apologizing is something that that runs through a lot of people's lives as kind of an issue. I mentioned in the last episode that I'm doing these Facebook live videos. And in the discussion around the live video, there was a lot of discussion about apology. Um, But here were a couple interesting comments. Um, Bambi said, um, 
I've taken your advice to heart regarding the banishment of unnecessary apologies. Just yesterday, I missed someone's call, and rather than using my standard line, I'm sorry I missed your call, I went with, hi, it's Bambi, returning your call. Amazing. So again, um, that's like uh, saying, not apologizing for something that doesn't really need an apology. And Susan wrote, uh, it drove me crazy as a teenager how often my, my mom said, I'm sorry. At that time, I didn't understand that she was just showing empathy and instead always took it as my mom thinking she was responsible for the world. It really irked me. And now I realize it somewhat diminished my relationship with my mom because I did not know that saying I'm sorry could mean I feel for you instead of meaning I'm taking responsibility for what happened and I'm apologizing. I think that's a big theme that's coming up is like apologize when you've actually done something wrong, and that's very powerful, but when it's not actually wrongdoing, maybe you want to use different language. You want to thank someone instead of apologizing, or you want to, you just want to get out of the, being in that ap apologetic mode. Yeah, a lot of people echoed what Henry said yep. about saying thank you instead of apologizing. Um, for instance, one listener mentioned that she apologized to a waiter who refilled her glass at a restaurant. Yeah. Um, and so she realized instead she'll just say thank you. Yeah. Um, a lot of people also, Gretchen pointed out, I mean, this is a subject in the, in, in sort of pop culture right now, um, about women apologizing too much, uh, in the workplace. Yeah. That's a whole separate big topic, but a lot of people did mention that. Yeah. Yeah. It turned out this was like such a rich, uh, complex issue. Um, Somebody said, my ex-husband didn't understand that I'm sorry you feel that way is not, an, <laughs> it's not a satisfying way right. to apologize. It's like, yeah, that's not going to do it. Um, so anyway, thank you for everyone who um, contacted us with their ideas and thoughts and observations about apology because it turns out it's super fascinating and complex. Yes. So Gretch, it is time for a try this at home. What is our try this at home this week? Okay, this is um, this is a tried this at home that is uh, can be can be said many different ways, kind of in different proverbs. Go slow to go fast, which is my favorite. Uh, take your time, especially when you're in a hurry. Or haste makes waste. It's the idea that when you're when you get in that urge to hurry and rush, is right when you should pull yourself back and try to you know take your time. Yeah, it's like when you're in a rush, that's when bad things happen. That's when you forget your phone. That's when you lock your keys in the car. Um, you know, my brother-in-law actually got into a car accident because he was rushing to get to his father after he'd had a heart attack, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that everyone has experienced this. Well, and I think it, I think what's hard, at least for me, what's hard about uh, go slow to go fast is to recognize that you're rushing and that you're in that kind of highly distracted, overwhelmed state, which is where when problems arise. So, for instance, because if you realize that you're in it, you can pull back and say, OK, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm not going to let myself get rattled. But like I was um, Eleanor really wants to be. Uh, to school on time, which is laudable, but it can make sometimes we have to rush out the door a little bit. And I had, I was carrying a tray that had uh, a, like a plate and a dish and a glass that was half full of coffee or, you know, like iced coffee and like two books under my arm. And I was trying to get, <laughs> trying to do too much. And I set it down and, you know, the tray tilted and I broke two, like a plate and a bowl and I put co spilled coffee on the floor. And so in my haste to like do too much at once, and to kind of like try to get too many things done as we were rushing out the house, I ended up breaking things and having to cl cl clean up a spill. 
And if I had just been more deliberate and said, you know, none of this stuff has to happen right this minute, like, let me just take my time, then I could have avoided a lot of hassle and actual destruction. <laughs> yeah, I feel sick, because you had told me that story this morning as I was in a rush to get to the office. I actually was making my coffee and I, what I wanted to do was try to pour the milk in while the coffee was still brewing <laughs> so that it would, you know, Mix. be ready to yeah. go. And I stopped and I'm like, okay, go slow to go fast. We, I know that if I try to pour this milk in at this moment, it's just going to create spilled milk that I then have to clean up. <laughs> I just forced myself to wait yeah. and not pour. Th- I was like standing there at the ready with my milk and I waited and I poured my coffee and it was uh, poured my milk and it was all fine. But I give you credit because had you not been talking to me about this, I would have definitely poured the milk because <laughs> I've done it so many times and it always creates a mess and right. I always try to do it again. Well, I mean, and I think that's like that. That's one of the hallmarks of uh, when you need to go slow is when you're trying to multitask too many things that aren't really compatible. Um, when you're trying to like rush around and maybe, you know, like getting ready for your day is something that for most people, like you should use habits to make it easy to get out, get out of your house every day. But for most people, it takes a little time to make sure, do I have this? Do I have that? What about this? Okay, it's Wednesday, so I need that. Um, and when you rush through that, um, that's when you start making mistakes or uh, running into problems that kind of rushed. I like, I need to do everything simultaneously like me. Um, Just like you were trying to pour the coffee while it was still being coming out of the machine. I was like, I'm going to carry this tray and these books and this, and this glass. And I'm going to get so much done all at once. It's going to be, you know, like, yeah. And it it reminds me actually, Gretchen years ago. I mean, this is when, after our freshman year in college, Sarah and I, and uh, uh, along with other people, uh, worked for this company in the Hamptons called Consider It Done. Oh, oh my uh, gosh. Remember Consider I remember. It Done? Oh where my gosh. We lived gosh. in houses and oh. these women hired us out for various jobs. Um, yes. Anyway. Wait, can I, can I we just. We did a lot of house cleaning. Can I just cleaning. say the deep irony is that, yeah, you did a lot of house cleaning and Elizabeth, you are really, really messy now, but even then you were way messier and everybody got like a huge kick out of the idea that you were being hired out to clean. Because people thought that was so funny. (laughs) I got complained about a lot, I have to admit. But Sarah and I walked into this house we were supposed to clean. And there were these these kids had had like a party while their parents were out of town. Uh And so the house was just a disaster. And I saw it. I was like, you know, we had four hours to clean this entire house. And I was like, oh, you know ready to just start running around like a chicken with my head cut off, like <laughs> emptying, uh, you know, trash cans and, and, and throwing out beer cans and stuff. And Sarah, like, walked into the living room and just, like, started dusting. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is not a dusting situation. Yeah. I was like, this is triage, you know? Yeah. And she was just like, we're going to clean the house the way we would clean any house. And she just very deliberately... Ah clean the house and you know she was 100 percent right we did get it done if i remember correctly and it was actually clean as opposed to my method which was just like i wanted to just run around and do damage control right um so that memory always stuck with me um all these years later as we're partners i still think a lot of times i'm running around with a chicken like (laughs) a chicken with my head cut off and she's just kind of deliberately moving forward right sort of systematically yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I do relate to this. And, and I think it's something I, I could 
put into my life more often, not just with pouring milk while the coffee is brewing. <laughs> well, I do think this is a place where habits can, I mean, everything to me relates to habits, but I think habits can play a role because when you have things on habits, then you then they don't take mental energy. And so then you don't feel as overwhelmed because you're like, oh, I, I don't have to look for my keys because I know where my keys are because I always put my keys in this bowl that's right by the front door and here are my keys. So mm. like like there's just, there, there's less decision making and, and more things are automated. And so- um, that that need to go slow in order to go fast is is easier. Um, so that I think that's that's a that's a benefit of habits. Um, so let us know if you try this at home and it, and how go slow to go fast works for you. Um, you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can uh, comment on the show notes, which are on my site, along with images and links and all sorts of stuff. Um, and this is episode 64. So you would go to happiercast.com slash 64. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing, from hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting. His retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job? Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash happier. That's storyworth.com slash happier to save $10 on your first purchase. So, Elizabeth, here's a question to help you know yourself better. What do you lie about? Ooh, that's a juicy one. Yeah. So when we lie about something, it shows that in some way, whatever we're doing doesn't reflect our values. Um, because if, it did, if, if, we didn't, if we didn't feel uncomfortable about what we were doing, we wouldn't lie about it. We'd just be honest about it. Um, and I realized that this was a helpful question when a friend of mine told me that she'd gone to the pediatrician and the pediatrician had said, how much TV do your children watch in an average day? And she said she just 100% lied. And what she realized as she was walking away is... Either she should make her peace with the fact that she was letting her children watch TV four hours a day, mm-hmm. or she should arrange for her children not to watch four hours a day because she didn't think that was a good idea. But one way or another, she had to become honest, either by changing her behavior or by, ch- or, or by admitting what she was doing. And I mm. thought that that was really helpful because what you lie about is a big clue about something where your life doesn't reflect your values. Yeah, that's it's kind of like the question we asked uh, when it was like, who do you envy? Yes. It's like identifying something um, core in yourself. Um, that's really interesting. Well, and, and like and like the, the, the whom do you envy? These are uncomfortable questions like they, we don't like to think about them, but they're useful because they give us this indirect window into our nature. It's hard sometimes to know ourselves uh, and to recognize the truth about ourselves directly. And I think sometimes these indirect questions help shine a spotlight on sort of the hidden aspects of our personality. Yeah, I'm dying to know. Is there anything you're going to cop to lying about? But let me think, actually. Uh, 
Well, here's one. So we, you know, we have our puppy Barnaby and um, we like we worked with a trainer and then a long time went by and, you know, he, he wasn't making as much progress. We weren't making as pro- mm-hmm. much progress. So we <laughs> went up back in with a trainer um, who's great. And she said, well, when you take him for a walk, how long are you walking him? And I said, oh, mm. you know, about a half an hour. And then, like, <laughs> I said that without thinking. And without, and I thought I was telling the truth. And then later on, I was thinking, what am I saying? When I take him for a walk, I take him, like, 10 minutes. Oh. There's a big difference between a 10-minute walk and a 30-minute walk. And so it was interesting that I lied without realizing that I was lying. It was so automatic, I didn't even notice that I was lying. And then also... I was lying about the, I was lying about what I was really doing because in my mind I was taking him for these long walks which were good for him and good for me but in fact they were much shorter than than I was admitting. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. that's kind of you? like the pediatrician story where you're like, "Oh, yes. I better get longer walks." Yes. Um, well, it's funny because I went on this whole thing in the writer's room um, last season about how I'm so honest and I never lie and I can't lie. I am a really bad liar, I think. I get, I'm get i very uncomfortable with lying like about the smallest things. Um, but then, of course, we realized within the course of like half an hour that I lie all the time um, as I was being <laughs> dissected on this topic. Um, you know, but one thing, you know... Um, that I think I definitely in the past um, have lied about and I probably don't as much now because I've come to peace with it is like how much reality television I watch. Oh, yeah. And how much television in general, like people are like, how do you have time to watch all this? And I don't want to say, oh, well, I stayed up till 1 a.m. last night because it feels so irresponsible, Um, which goes to, you know, uh, wanting to be one get more sleep and two wanting to spend my time in you know in theory reading or watching something you know more uh meaningful than reality television but as you know and i've declared here i'm sort of owning my reality television watching now but see this is what i think you're making a really really important point sort of for happiness and self-knowledge so in one way knowing what you lie about can help you bring your values bring your actions into better uh harmony with your values but on the other hand when you know what you lie about and then you become honest with it you reveal yourself to the world as your true self and then it's like you can embrace yourself and also you probably connect can connect with other people better because i bet there are tons of people who love reality tv who want to throw it down with you yeah and it'd be it's fun to engage with them and when you admit that that's who you are it's like that's who you are now and i had sort of a similar thing with children's literature because Mm, it didn't fit with my idea of myself i thought of myself as being like this highly sophisticated discerning very you know kind of advanced reader and the idea that i was sitting around rereading edward eager books all the time did not fit that idea right but then when i was when i said to people i'm really into children's literature then i found all these other people who were also really into children's literature and we all kind of celebrated it together even though a lot of people are like, why do a bunch of adults sit around reading children's literature? Like, do you do it with your kids? And I'm like, no, there's no kids involved. <laughs> it's only for... Um, and so I think, like, there's two ways that looking at what you lie about can be helpful. Either it can help you change your actions or it can help you, like, kind of sort of celebrate the truth about yourself. Yeah. I have to admit, there's something I lie about at work all the time. Ooh. Um, so if anyone is listening to this, I'm about to reveal oh. myself. Oh, my goodness. What but, is it? Well, you know, when a television show is in production, you get dailies every day. And dailies are what you've shot the previous day. So, you know, it's all the takes of various scenes from different angles, you know. 
Um, and it just seeing the different actors do the do do the scenes. Um, and I always not always, but I'll often let people think I've watched a lot of dailies that I have not mm. necessarily watched because it's very time consuming. Yeah. It can be quite tedious. Yeah. And, but you don't want to seem like you don't care. So right. I might just, I don't know that I'll actively lie about it, but I'll certainly let the impression, you know, <laughs> hold that yes, I have watched dailies. So right. um, I guess that reveals that I should be watching dailies. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things where there's just a lot to do and things fall yeah. through the cracks. Um, and I don't know if it'd be better if I just said, I don't watch dailies or if it's one of these things where no harm, no foul, I can just kind of continue on as I am. Right, 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 right. Um, well, I think even just recognizing it to yourself, like, and, and the fact is you may not think it's important. So you're like, I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but there's other things I should be doing with my time. Um, in which case it's a lie that doesn't particularly bother you. But sometimes I think lies reveal that something really does bother someone. Like if you're shopping and then you're hiding the packages mm, because you don't yes. want somebody to see the packages or like you're constantly clicking away from a website when other people walk through mm -hmm. because you don't want to reveal where, how you're spending your time or what you're doing with yourself. I mean, I think sometimes that can Drinking, show, obviously. Yes, okay. you're hiding how much you drink. Um, yeah. Um, those are signs that there's some kind of profound discomfort, which is different from kind of just kind of like social, um, you know, white lies and misdirection where it's really about, you know, avoiding conflict or maybe, you know, keeping up a, a certain kind of reputation, but in a way that doesn't reflect deeply on you. I mean, if you were like saying that you went to work, but in fact you were, you know, right. <laughs> walking at around a casino yeah 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 that would be you know that's a that's a more serious kind of life so i think it's it's a question to ask yourself and then you have to say like well what is the show because maybe it shows something that's really significant or maybe it doesn't show something that's that important but it's a good question and well and the uh, distinction also is there's lying to yourself and versus yes. lying to others you know yes. i know i'm lying to people sometimes when i let it, people think i've watched dailies you know yeah that's different from but I was lying to myself about walking Barnaby because uh -huh. I was like, oh, yes. for sure I walk him for 30 minutes. I'm like, uh, no, that's not what you do. Yeah. Or, you know, people are like, eh, yeah, I cook every night. And it's like, Meh, but when was the last time you cooked? You know, right. that kind of thing. So I think that. So yeah, anyway, we hold it's, it's, these truths about ourselves that aren't necessarily true. Yeah. And, and that's why the strategy of monitoring, taking it back to the strategies of habit change. The first strategy, one of the first strategies is the strategy of monitoring because when you actually monitor what you do, then you have a much better sense because a lot of times we do lie to ourselves. We tend to overestimate the good things that we do and underestimate the bad things that we do. So monitoring just gives you a very clear sense so that you're honest with yourself because a lot of times that's that's helpful just to begin with that. Yeah. So, um, so it's an interesting question, I think. Yeah, really interesting. And I'm going to try to dig into my own psyche because I'm sure there's a lot I'm lying to myself about um, that I just don't want to look at. So maybe yeah. if people, you know, call in and write in with what they lie about, it'll, it'll be illuminating for all of us, I'm sure. I bet. I bet. So Elizabeth, we're introducing a whole new kind of segment. Yes, we have, Gretchen, a happiness hack. 
So this is a new sort of thing we've come up with, which it's like everyone, of course, knows the term life hack, right? Yeah. Um, things to make life easier. And we're doing happiness hacks, which are little ways to make yourself happier that don't fit into um, any of our other segments. Right. Um, and the first one we've chosen actually comes from your life, Gretch. Yes. Okay. So one of the things that I write about a lot in all my books um, is the idea that you need to identify the problem because a lot of times we have this sort of general sense of uneasiness or like things aren't working or exasperation, but we haven't actually identified the problem. So what I what happened to me was Jamie and I and Eliza all share a bathroom and Eliza is in this massive makeup phase. So there's like makeup everywhere. Plus I have to store my pajamas and nightgowns in the bathroom. Long story. So anyway, <laughs> there's a lot in the bathroom and we have no under the sink cabinet because when we were, when we redid our ba bathroom, I thought, oh, it'll be so beautiful to just have a hmm. Okay. I didn't think about that. Okay. So we don't have any under the sink. So we, space is at a premium in our bathroom. So this was sort of slowly driving me crazy and I was trying to get rid of everything we didn't use and put things away and move things into Eliza's room and do all this stuff. And slowly I'm, I'm whittling away. And then I'm thinking, I'm looking in the cabinets. And I'm like, well, one of the things that takes up room in our cabinets is that we have to keep spare rolls of toilet paper there because, you know, they, we can't put it under the sink, which is where everybody keeps their extra toilet paper. Yes. And then I thought, okay, so this sounds so incredibly shallow, but I cannot emphasize enough how excited I am about this. And, and Jamie too, he was thrilled when I told him about this. I was like, I'm going to get one of those stands hmm. that you put the extra toilet paper rolls on that just like sits, you know, like discreetly in a corner. And, um, you know, like it's like a, it's like a uh, paper towel holder, only it holds rolls yes. of toilet paper. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so great because it's going to open up all this cabinet space. So I go online and I order it, the Interdesign York Freestanding Toilet Paper Holder um, in Chrome. And uh, I order that thing and it comes and I'm so excited. Like I ran up to the bathroom. I couldn't hold myself <laughs> up um, and uh, put the to extra toilet paper there. And it's so satisfying. Yeah. It's just a little happiness hack. It is. Good. I have to do this because I, I'm always like searching for toilet paper. I yes. love this idea. I think even yeah. if you have storage under cab uh, under your sinks, it's just always hard to locate the next roll of toilet paper. Yes. So having like four on a stand, you know, easily accessible, I think that is a great happiness hack. But also you can just look at it and see if you need to refill where we kept it in the cabinets. And so it was like, you'd have to, you'd have to notice that you needed more. Yes. And then, you know, you never noticed until it's too late. And then it's this whole hassle. And yes. so anyway, um, so shallow though it may be, and it reveals a life preoccupied with petty details <laughs> i must confess this hack did significantly raise the level of happiness in my house <laughs> so i can't wait to hear what people's happiness hacks are going to be i hope people like flood us with all different kinds of hacks yeah i feel like we are going to get so many great ideas like it's going to be mind-blowing yes LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. 
I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Gretch, it's time for demerits and gold stars. And this week you are up with a happiness demerit. Yeah, this is something uh, that I've I've gotten into a really bad habit and I am giving myself a demerit in the hopes that it will kickstart a better habit for me. So I keep a paper calendar, very old school, in my file of facts, which I love. I will post a photograph uh, in the show notes. This is episode 64. So if you want to see a picture of my, you know, thousand-year-old file of facts, you can go to <laughs> happiercast.com slash 64. Um, and I love it. I don't want to switch to a digital calendar so, because this is what works for me and I can see everything at a glance. And anyway, but I've gotten in this really, and I, I don't know what changed, but I got, I've gotten into a really bad habit of just scrawling things into my calendar. And mm. I don't know if my handwriting's gotten worse. It's hard to believe it could get worse because it's so bad. Um, and I will say, oh, at three o'clock, I have something that I need to do, but I have no idea what that says. Like, Ooh, I, I can't read, even, I can't interpret read it. it. It starts with a B could be anything you know and then I'll, like i'll have to like go through my email and see if i can like kind of kick it up or or, or hope oh. that you know sometimes people put things on google calendar like that i don't even do and then it magically kind of alerts me or and it's it's really a couple times i was like whatever but now i'm like oh, something's really i don't know what has kicked off this change but i actually switched now my, for christmas mom gave me this special kind of pen that it writes very thin so I'm really trying mm. to use that instead of a felt tip because it writes, you can, it, it's, it's easier to see because it's not as thick a line. And I'm, I'm trying to really discipline myself to write more neatly because it's making me crazy. And I will say, Gretchen, you and I are both left-handed. Yes. And we, I think, you know, left-handers are known to have bad handwriting. Yes. And you and I both have really bad handwriting. Yes. I'm, I have what I call serial killer yes. scrawl. Yes. And uh, I don't even write on the board. You know, we have these whiteboards we write on at work. And I do not ever write on the board because my handwriting is so bad. It's humiliating. Um, so I could easily have the same demerit. If I ever bothered to write anything down on a calendar, I would definitely have this <laughs> demerit as well. Okay. So having, uh, put that out there, I'm hoping that will help me, uh, fix my demerit. But, um, so what's your gold star? Take us up. So my gold star is to myself. Good, um, good. I, it's sort of born of a demerit, but I'm not going to call it a demerit. I'm just focusing on the gold star. Uh, you know, you and I, Gretchen, both do inform fitness yeah. or half hour a week, um, heavy weight lifting program. High intensity strength training. Yes, exactly. That you introduced me to. And I had not been for two solid months. Um, up until then, when once I started it, I really did it. You know, I tried to do it every week. And of course, I missed here and there, but I was very consistent. Um, and then this pilot happened and now granted for five yeah. weeks of it, I was in New York. So I, there was no way I could go. I mean, I could have gone theoretically in New York, right. but I was working, you know, 14 no, hours a day. Yeah. Um, Crazy. and then, but I missed like a week before we left because of pilot stuff. 
Um, and then I, we've been back, but I hadn't gone until yesterday. Mm. Yesterday, I finally went back. So I'm giving myself a big gold star for going back to Inform yes. Fitness. Now, in this, Gretchen, I also have to give Sarah a bigger gold star because she, using your strategy of scheduling, scheduled herself to go back like the day after we got home from New York. Wow. So she's been already gone three times since we've been back and I've only gone once. So, but uh, I'm going now. That's what matters. Yes. I'm back in. I'm so sore today. That probably relates to why I felt the need to wear sweatpants to work. <laughs> Um, but that's fantastic. You're back in the saddle. Um, that's the, the the important thing is to start back. You yeah, know? that's all like, we can do is get back so, on. So I'm back yeah. and uh, star. and I'm th I'm by the way, she had to take my weight down like 30 pounds on everything because I, you know, lost, it, it's working. We know it's working because I was so much stronger two months ago, but I'll get back. I'll get back. Yeah, and that's right. I mean, you know, you know, it's effective. So, yeah, excellent. Well, gold star to you. Exercising, especially after an interruption, it's it can be hard to get back. So that that you, it's a, it is indeed a well deserved gold star. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Go slow to go fast. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thanks to our producer Henry Malofsky, and also thanks to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you have the time and the inclination, it really helps us if you take a second to rate and review the show. Listeners really respect the opinions of other listeners, and people are often looking for great new podcasts to listen to. So, um, if they see rates and reviews, then it will uh, help them discover the show. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. <laughs>